book in purple. And then in verse 23, she stands behind her husband's work. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. This woman that God can trust is the kind of woman that recognizes the husband as the head of the home. Oh, he's not the big tyrant or the big dictator or the big boss, but he's the head of the home. And so she takes the place of allowing him to be the head and she stands with him in all that he does. It's a beautiful thing when you go to a great convocation, maybe a convention. I think of the Southern Baptist Convention that we attend frequently, will be held in Atlanta after in June. I think of, uh, of the uh, convention, of the Sword of the Lord conferences that sometimes we attend. I think of uh, uh, some political rallies. I think of a great meeting one time when I attended, which I attended where the president was there. And in several of those sessions, I heard a great man when he came to the pulpit or came to the stand to speak, say, I want to recognize the one who makes it possible for me to stand here. He asked his wife to stand. What does she do? She stands with him, stands behind the scenes to let him do the work that he's to do to accomplish in life. That's the kind of woman that God will honor and then in verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She is an honorable person. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And in verse 27, she encourages her children. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. This woman is honorable, stands behind her husband, and encourages her children. The greatest victory, the greatest victory is the victory of a Christian home. What is a home? A home is the training center of the universe. Some modern homes are merely, merely filling stations where people come in and hang their hat, get some food. Most young people don't wear hats anymore, so it's just a matter of coming in, filling up, getting some food, and going out again. But home is where we learn to get along with others. Home is where we learn the importance and the concepts of life. I think of a girl, tragic thing. I used to be a chaplain at the Children's Center in Louisville, which was a detaining center between where kids were picked up before they were sent to the reform schools or whatever they were dealt with, however they were dealt with. And I think of a girl who came to that children's center one day and in counseling with her her big problem was her girl her mother her mother had run off with her girlfriend I mean her boyfriend now listen to this the girl's mother had run off with a teenager's boyfriend now that happens now the kind of woman that God can honor is the kind of woman that will say, I want my home to be a training center, the training center of the universe where we learn about God. Home is where we are loved in spite of everything. The people that know us the best, and yet they love us anyway. And sometimes that takes a lot of love. Home 
is where there, are concern, there is concern for those who are not at home. I was interesting, interested in an article in the Ann Landers column. Now she said that 70% of the people who responded to her survey concerning would you have children if you had it to do over again, 70% said no, we wouldn't have children. 70% of mothers and daddies said we wouldn't have children if we had to do over again. And here are the reasons they gave. Number one, uh, they said uh, our children ignore us. If I had to do over again, I wouldn't have any children. Uh, others are saying we're concerned about the overpopulation, the population explosion, so therefore we wouldn't have children. And still others are saying we find parenthood interferes with our lifestyle, so therefore we wouldn't want children. Among those letters, uh, there was a letter that said this. I was an attractive, fulfilled career woman before I had these kids. Now I'm an exhausted, shrieking, nervous wreck. The children took all the romance out of our marriage. I'm too tired for anything. I wish I hadn't had any children. Now, what kind of woman is that? I'm simply saying that's the kind of woman that God can't trust. And yet, teenagers, young adults, and sometimes people of more mature years find themselves with these same thoughts, same thought patterns. The Bible says a godly woman is the woman who recognizes her position under God that her purpose in life is first of all to please the Lord Jesus Christ, secondly to fulfill her responsibility as a helpmate to her husband, a mother to children, a trainer of the universe. And as goes the morals of a woman, so go the morals of a nation. The standard bearers of the world are not the men. Now, that's deflating to our egos. We would like to think, well, the men, boy, they set the standards for everything, but that's not true. The women do it. If a woman smokes, why shouldn't her children smoke? If a woman's morals sag, a man's morals will fag. If a woman is careless about her speech, so will everybody else. And one of the big problems with the unisex movement and the ERA movement and the liberation movement among women is that women want to swap their place, their godly honored place of being a standard bearer to say, I want to be just like the men. I don't want there to be any difference between men and women. We ought to be paid the same. We ought to have the same jobs. We ought to do the same thing. We ought to lift the same weights. Isn't that foolish? Or to do everything just alike. Well, God didn't make you to do everything just alike, women. He made you to be different. He made men to be different. That's the reason I believe men ought to wear men's style haircuts. And women ought to wear women's style haircuts. And men ought to wear men's clothing. And women ought to wear women's clothing. Well, I'm getting on something that you won't like now. <laughs> but there ought to be a difference between men and women. And women accepting the role that God has given them in life, saying, I want to be that godly woman that can be the standard bearer. And woman, 
if you are that standard bearer. Praise God. Accept it. Thank God for it. There's one other characteristic, and I'll be through. It's in verse 30. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. The woman that God honors fears the Lord. She has a godly fear in her heart. She has received Jesus Christ as her personal Savior, and the Lord God is real and precious and important in her life because she has received Jesus as her Savior. Mother, home, heaven, these three words. Somebody said the three sweetest words in the English language. Mother, home, heaven. Mothers grow old. They go with us as far as they can. Then the word comes, if you want to see mother again, you'll have to come, stand by her bedside. She'll not be here very long. She beckons all of her children around. She says, in effect, I've given you all I have. I gave you my strength before you were born. I gave you my nourishment before you came and when you were born. I gave you the training that I had when you were a little taught and you didn't know how to train yourself. I have given you the principles that I learned from God. I have given you the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, I want to give you one last admonition. Meet me at the throne of God. Meet me there. Meet me there. And then, with a wave of a hand, she goes down in the valley. And she can't go with us anymore. She can't stand with us. She can't pray for us any longer. She'll be gone. But there lives and lingers on in our hearts a memory. Some of you have that memory. And you would like to say today, tell mother I'll be there in answer to her prayer. Yes, tell my darling mother I'll be there. I'll be at home in God's house. Jesus said just before he went, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And you can say, tell mother I'll be there in that city of God. Now, the only way you can get to that city is by putting your trust and faith in Jesus, by receiving Christ as personal Lord and saying, Jesus, I want you in my heart. And when you've received Christ, you've trusted the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, to cleanse you from all sin, then you can be at home in heaven when life's perils and difficulties and trials and tragedies are all over, and you can be in his presence. But it all comes through putting your trust in what Jesus did on the cross. Coming to him the way your mother did, the way daddy did, the way grandparents did, the way this Bible teaches. Yes, I'm coming by the way of the cross. For there is no other way but the way of a cross that leads home. And when you come to Jesus by the way of the cross, then you're God's. And God is yours. Christ dwells in your heart by faith. And you'll be with him forever. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. Our Father, we thank Thee for the godliness of mothers. Thank You for these dear women who make up the fellowship of this church. 
We honor today every godly woman. We thank you, Lord, for making it possible for us to know a little bit more about tenderness, compassion, peace, poise, purpose, because we have had a godly mother. We pray that should there be anyone here today who is without Jesus, never been saved, they might come by faith and trust Jesus as Savior and Lord. God help them to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand, please? <clears throat> We're going to sing God's invitation, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. And as we sing, this is God's invitation to you, His invitation. First of all, if you're here and you've never been saved, you've never come to Jesus, I will urge you to come to Him today with your sins and your heartache and your sorrow and your hurts, but come. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Maybe you have already been saved, but you have never made it public. You need to come. Step out from where you are. Step out from the rank and file and come and say, I want to take a stand for Jesus. I want Christ dwelling in my heart. I want to live for Christ. I want the Lord in my life. Now, the only way we can be saved is by putting our trust in Jesus. You come. And then there are Christians here who need to take a stand for the Lord. Who need to say, I want a deeper life with Christ. I want to be more committed to Him. You come. As we wait, as we pray, will you take a stand for Jesus Christ today? God help you to do it. While we begin to sing, who we'll step out first for the King.